Welcome to the Escaping the Accountant's Trap podcast. It's a podcast to help accountants, CPAs, and bookkeepers escape what we call the accountant's trap. It's where accountants are not getting paid for their value and are forced to work long hours with high demanding clients with little pay. Well, how do you escape the trap? And one way is the topic of today's episode, and that's by changing more lives by spending less time on compliance tasks. To help me with the discussion, I've invited Vipul Sheth, the founder of AdvanceTrack.com, an offshoring accounting company that exists so that accountants can spend less time on compliance tasks and more time on giving value to their clients. Vipul, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you so much, Adam. It's lovely to meet you today. Yes, same here. I'm really excited to dive in because you know, the the idea of escaping the accountant's trap is by being able to charge more. Well, how can you charge more? And the the answer is by giving more value. Well, how can you give more value if you have all these compliance tasks and transactional tasks that are on your, your desk? So I love your tagline. You say that accountants change lives, but not by producing a set of accounts. Tell us what you mean by that. <laughs> wow. Thank you so much, Adam. Um, I guess um, it kind of goes back to when I was a teenager uh, that this uh, idea kind of came to mind. And even why, just for background, I'm a chartered accountant, um, worked for a regional firm before joining EY and KPMG. Um, but why did I become an accountant? Um, well, I'm not sure my mum knew that I was going to be one. I, I was going to go into business was uh, what I announced to them at 15. And at okay. 17, my mum said, this lad's not going to make anything of himself, probably. Um, <laughs> oh, no. so got David, her accountant, to get me to spend some time in his office one summer. And um, she'd always told me, you know, David, whenever she goes to see David in his office, he has the you know, feet on the desk phone attached to his ear and of course you're a skeptical teenager and uh, but after a couple of days in David's office sat opposite him I realized that's exactly what he did and uh, so I went and knocked on his door and said David you know I've been sat here for a couple of days and just observing I don't see you doing accounts and he said um, close the door most uh, accountants offices back then would have had a half panel half glass type arrangement yeah. And he just said, see all those people out there? That's what I pay them to do. What I do is change lives. And mm. my, you know, the nine-year-old Vipul is, has a much better life because David recognized that his job was not to give report history, but to actually help the business owners. And he was one of those people, probably way ahead of his time, um, made it a point using his Rolodex where every day he would come in and just ring the next person on that list. So he made it a pattern that every day he would come in, ring 20, 30 of his clients and just talk to them. And as a result, what he did was they would tell them all their problems. Wow. Okay. So, so let's dive into that. But let me ask this first question. Why, sure. why did he uh, decide on this philosophy, this, this way of doing business compared to all the other accountants out there that are doing it the traditional way? They're, they're focused on compliance and transactional. Why did yeah. David do it this way? The thing for David was he recognized that by talking to his clients each and every day, he found out a problem that 
he could solve. Okay. As a result of being able to solve that, he got paid more than doing a set of accounts. Mm. And that translated into the financial results that his firm achieved, number one. And but most importantly for him, um, and I I even now I'm in touch with him today, 30 years after he retired. Um, but what he recognized is his clients being more successful. One gave him um, a great feel-good factor, yeah. but two, they paid more. <laughs> they absolutely paid more. And just to give you an example, my mum phoned him up and said, uh, my uncle, dad's brother, wanted to buy a business. He touted the business around multiple banks and couldn't get the finance. She phoned him up and said, David, can you help Mr. Sheth's brother? He's looking to buy a business. He came over. 10 minutes later, he'd phoned the bank, arranged all the finance. He didn't charge for 10 minutes. He charged for the fact that he had secured the finance, allowed him to buy that first business. Mm. Today, my uncle has multiple business interests, both here and in the US. But more importantly, his two kids, yeah, are professionals. Uh, the younger one is on his third dental practice. Wow. Um, in North America. So, you know, so does an accountant change lives? Well, my uncle was a laborer. And today, his two kids are professionals living a great life. Well, wow. if that isn't changing lives, I don't know what is. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, I want to highlight what you said that it's your, you know, David was essentially building relationships with people. Yeah, which means that if you build a relationship with somebody, you're going to get they're they're going to know, like, and trust you. Which means you will automatically be set apart from all the other accountants or bookkeepers out there that are not developing relationships. Because let's face it, most people don't really know what an accountant does yep. or supposed to do. They don't know the difference <laughs> between a good accountant or a bad accountant. But if they like you, you could be the worst accountant in the world. Yeah. And they will pay you more if they like you and they'll yes. stick with you longer if yep. they like you. And that all yep. is predicated on a relationship. Totally. And just to put that in context, um, the first 15 years of my parents' business career, David was their accountant. He chose to retire at the age of 55. Mm -hmm. And I don't say this in a joking way. My sister and I are both uh, qualified chartered accountants. And the only other accountant that my mother has ever cried over was the day when he said, I'm retiring. Wow. And, and that's because every major decision that they had made as business owners had been done with the support of David. And that is invaluable. And it comes from being that trusted friend. And that came from that relationship. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and that's the key. If you can be that trusted friend and before the, in the pre-show, we were talking about, you used the term professional friend, which I thought was fascinating because you, yeah. you, your professional friend, they're paying you, but at the end of the day, they want, if, if you can communicate that you are a friend, you are a confidant, you do care, yeah. then they, they will trust you and they will value you and they will pay what you command. They will pay what you ask. They will stick with you for a long time. And that's powerful, especially considering there's thousands of accountants, CPAs, chartered accountants, bookkeepers that are all selling, I mean, let's face it, a commodity type service. They're selling yeah. 
transactional work, bookkeeping, yeah. uh, you know, reporting, doing the books, whatever that means. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And that's falling on deaf ears. And the way to 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 be found and known and to command the high dollars by being this professional friend. I love that term. Yep. Yeah, totally. And and the reality is um they were recommended as life was certainly back then and perhaps even today by the bank manager. And but he had built that relationship even at yeah. a relatively early stage in his professional career as a partner. Yeah, he became known as the go-to guy. Um, mm. But the firm did as well. And uh, even the firm as it exists today is an incredibly successful firm. Um, but it comes from that cultural piece where this is what we do as a as a business and as a group of uh, people. So, uh, so going back to David for a moment, and this is yep. something, this is sort of a softball question because I know what you do now. <laughs> How did David afford to be able to spend all his time on the phone with the client? Because all these accountants and bookkeepers today, they're, they're, they're inundated with a pile of bookkeeping work and a pile of taxes that they have to do. Yep. Like, I don't have time to get on the phone with my client all day. So how, do, how was David able to do that? He had built a really good group of people um, that looked after the compliance piece. And that okay. is an absolutely critical part. He recognized that, that's what pays the the bills week in week out and and that paid the salaries etc um but it's what keeps your clients out of jail yeah it doesn't transform their businesses it doesn't change the lives of them their employees their families um so what david understood was actually uh when you have a problem so your mum's ill yeah you're planning estate planning yeah if you're not talking to them, guess what? They'll phone somebody else up. But if you're phoning them once a month, once every six weeks, let's say, um, because that's when you get round to it on the roller decks, yeah, um, what happens is, ah, I know who to ring, David, because he'll know about these things. And even if it's not him, he'll know the right person. Yeah. And And that, to me, is the key. So... As I said, my uncle, when he was looking to finance that business, yeah, it wasn't my uncle who actually rang. It was my mum. And mm. and that's the point, whether it's somebody yourself or within your immediate circle of friends or family, what will happen is you automatically get that referral. And he got that referral and that as a result got my uncle as a client as well. Yeah. So who wins? The client wins first and foremost. Yeah. In that instance, my uncle got the business. But longer term, him and the firm won because they got the fee for raising the finance and they got the ongoing work and advice that inevitably comes from them becoming more successful as individuals and as business people. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, all of that was predicated on the fact that David was able to spend time with the client. So what is yep. your advice for somebody today listening or watching to this, watching this? And they're thinking, all right, I get it. I know I need to charge for my value. I need to, I know I need to become this professional friend. Yep. Uh, what is your advice and the steps that you would have them take today to get out of being the accountant and doing the compliance themselves? Yeah. I think first and foremost, you've got to look at your internal team, uh, look at the skill set. because let's be honest, 
there are some people who are always going to be those compliance people. Yeah, okay. their mindset is not being the entrepreneur necessarily, but they're a good, solid, safe pair of hands. And we all have them. I have them in our they're business. A good doer. Yeah, great doer um, and can really get on and look after the client and keep them out of jail. Keep them up, everything up to date. Look after that piece. What that then does is it means that you've kept, yeah, your electric, yeah. You, when you look at what does the business need to earn to keep the lights on, so to speak. Well, it needs that because, yeah, it's um, it allows you to do your day to day. The next part, which is what David understood, was you need to do the value add, and the value add comes from talking to your clients and actually instead of charging $100 an hour that work commanded $500 an hour mm. yeah because and the point is because you sold a problem as i said my uncle couldn't raise the finance through multiple financial institutions what happened david made one phone call 10 minutes later he'd raised all the necessary funds yeah shortcut everything and i still remember my dad tells me to this day uh when they went into the bank the bank manager said uh, you know did all the nice tears to have a cup of tea everything sign here go and buy the business and that's the point yeah what how much value do you assign to the fact that you bought that business um a few days early and my uncle did moan about the bill for a half a second and then my dad said, look, just pretend you bought the business two days later um, yeah. because that's the difference. Yeah. Absolutely. What you were able to do. Yeah. As a result of David's help was actually change the life of both yours, your kids, possibly even grandkids today. Their lives are better because David stepped in that day and helped raise that money. And yeah. I think that's un that's invaluable. And we all have that as a profession. Yeah. You know, I'm a qualified accountant and I imagine if I, you know, I know when I was in practice, that's what got me up was the fact that I met entrepreneurs on a daily basis and hopefully I made a difference to, to what they did. Yeah. Um, I, I make a difference in a different way today, but that's a different story. But, you know, as a profession, we have great skill set, but most of all, not only do we have a professional skill set, we have the human skill set that yeah. as a general in our profession, we're really good at talking to people and drawing out what it is that drives them and makes a difference to them. Yeah. And and if we can do that as a profession, then we won't be easily replaced by technology or AI or software. Absolutely. Because at the end of the day, your clients are human as well. And business owners, entrepreneurs, they're overwhelmed. They're scared. They're isolated. They're lonely. They're afraid. They're insecure in their ability to run a successful business. And they crave someone in their lives that they can trust to tell them what to do. And who better to do that than their accountant, yep. than their financial professional, their bookkeeper. They, they want somebody that already knows and understands the numbers to just be their professional friend. Yep. And that, I mean, we, we talk about that all the time in the CFO project. Business owners want someone that they can trust to tell them what to do to have a growing and successful business. If you could do that, you'll be able to charge way more than the average accountant or bookkeeper. Yep. 
So let me ask you this. You own a, a company that does outsourcing, uh, offshoring of accounting services. Yep. Um, what is the benefits to offshoring slash outsourcing uh, yep. accounting help versus hiring on your team? I think the the big thing, yes, there's a cost differential and we can talk about that. But more than anything else, it's there's clear differentiation between what an onshore team does and what the offshore team does. The offshore team, what they're able to do is just focus on the compliance piece. As I described earlier, David, when he was looking out yeah, uh, from his office, mm -hmm. the people outside his office do that. But the big advantage that you then get is if you, and we see this across the clients we work with, the onshore team move up a level. What that means is collectively, the firm earns more. Yeah. And it's no longer just the partner being the professional friend. It's actually a group of people within your firm that are their professional friends. And that mm. could be the manager, senior manager, but equally the, the levels below. So suddenly, culturally, as a firm, what happens is whoever has the relationship with the client, now it could be at the CEO level, but it could be further down as well, that actually when the, the someone within the business recognizes there's a problem, what happens is they contact their go-to person. Mm. And the beauty with that is, and we see it, um, a junior person, let's say, got a phone call within the firm. What he or she is then able to do is go and talk to the senior manager or the partner and say, look, Alice from Client X has just called me, says they've got this VAT visit or GST or so, you know some kind of visit from the IRS or the local tax authorities. Yeah, and as a result, you straight away know they're going to be stressing that these people are coming in. What's our job? It's to go in, maybe we can say to them, look, do you want a health check? Can I help you? So that when they come in, you're able to sensibly answer all their questions. And if there's a problem, get ahead of it. And therefore, what you're able to do is put their mind at rest because they're stressed. Now, that's come through somewhere else within the business. But because culturally, you're onshore team is only interested in one thing is helping the client helping the customer have a mm. a sensible relationship with you as a firm yeah but more importantly they don't hold it up and don't call you the night before yeah because when you have a transactional relationship which is what many many accounting firms have with their clients that Oh, yeah, you want your tax done? Yeah, we'll do that. But actually, the fact that you have a one-to-one -one relationship at whatever level it is within the business, yeah, it means that they come and talk to you about their problems way before they get out of hand. And yeah. uh, and that's always a great place to be um, because it, you can help solve them. Yeah, I, I love that. The, the... Essentially, what you're saying is that the onshore team, the, your local team, instead of them being burdened with transactional compliance tasks, you're now elevating them all to be professional friends. Correct. <laughs> Essentially. So everybody is almost getting a promotion in a sense. 
yep. which means you'll be able to charge more per, you know, for each client, per, which means your, yep. your average cost per employee is, you know, dramatically, your average earnings per employee is dramatically increased. Yep. And then, you know, the, the, the offshore team or the outsourced accounting team can focus on what they do best, which is being the professional doer, doing the actual transactional compliance work. And because yep. it's, I'm assuming because it's being done by a company like yours, they're, they're committed to accuracy. <laughs> You're going right. to make sure it's right. Yeah. Which yeah, is yeah. what the accountant really just cares about anyways. Indeed. Yeah. That piece, that's all that's required. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah. Our t businesses like ours, that's what we do. We focus on delivering high standards of service, high degrees of accuracy, and we'll use technology to enhance uh, the work that the individual colleagues mm. will do. But actually, the, the biggest value piece in all of this is the business is much more scalable. Um, so what's happening is you have removed that scale factor. You know, you think an office of seats 20, if you doubled in size, you've got to move offices and everything else that goes with it. Whereas actually, if you repurpose your onshore team, yeah, uh, there will still be some people within that group who will manage the onshore, uh, offshore team. Yeah, you can't get away from that uh, because some QC is still required onshore. But right. it's very much more than it's a bit like a factory then. Yeah. So you've got the supervisor who's looking after the production team and he or she is then making sure that the work that then feeds through to the client facing staff is done on time accurately within the professional standards that each firm then requires. Mm. I love that. So Vipul, last question. Somebody listening or watching is thinking to themselves, I would like to learn more about offshoring my accounting team so that I can become a, more of a professional friend. <laughs> Where do yep. they go? Where can they learn more? Um, obviously, you can always um, visit our website. Um, have a find me on LinkedIn. Um, quite easy okay. to find. Um, and I look. There's a link on um, the website, and I think also on my LinkedIn profile. Just book yourself in. I'm quite happy to have a chat. That's what okay. I do. You know, okay. I, I I imagine myself. You know, what David would be doing today. Yeah. yeah? He'd have a big offshore team with a bigger onshore team doing being that professional friend. And that's what I try to be in our world. But look, come, come and have a chat. Just because you've had a chat, you know, you won't get me sending you a contract next week unless you desperately want to. Right. Um, you know, it, look, it's a long term relationship. We've been going 20 years now. Yeah. And um, come and talk to us. And uh, we're always happy to have that conversation. Absolutely. Well, so your website's advancedtrack.com. So it is. We'll put that in the show notes. We'll put your LinkedIn in the show notes as well. Vipul, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you very much for having me today, Adam. And to everyone listening or watching, thank you for spending the last few minutes with us as we discussed how to escape the accountant's trap. Bye for now. Bye for now.